So I have been looking forward to sharing my experience in Haiti with you and also a little nervous because I don't like speaking in front of people, but here we go. Thank you for being a part of this ministry and please pray for the mission, mission teams and missionaries that God will use them for his glory to further his kingdom. Life in Haiti. Haiti is the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere. Poverty is widespread. Most of the people make their living by selling on street corners and markets such as these. I was trying to find the right picture about voodoo, but all of them were so so kind of creepy, I just couldn't put them on. So this was the best one I came up with. Anyways, uh, evil is sometimes in your face here and not as subtle as what we are used to. Voodoo is practiced and even indoctrinated in Catholicism and other churches. Christians in Haiti pray often to be strong through spiritual attacks. Often spells are cast on objects like money which is left on the ground for someone to pick up. One of the girls on the mission team picked up some money that was on the ground. She told Sarah about it, and after they explained that this often is a voodoo tactic, she gave it to one of the the ladies working there who burned it and prayed over it. The ladies on the team all shared about thinking they saw demons in the room and had weird dreams at night. So they all got up and prayed and read scripture to battle this. We have felt evil presence in Haiti before, especially one night after we showed the Jesus video a few years ago. We were on a rooftop and could hear the voodoo drums in one direction while a Christian gathering took place in the other direction, singing and praying and you can just feel the tension and the, the spiritual battles going on. Malnutrition is prevalent. It surprises me that this number is as low as it is by what I've seen and heard. <clears throat> Houses and tents are packed close together. Few have electricity or running water. Those that do have electricity, have it for about 13 hours out of the day, and those hours are random. This is actually from a city that the Haitian people consider the, the wealthy. Most houses in Haiti are made out of cinder blocks and concrete, or, or they may be uh, just the... Uh, tin roofs, or just tents with no floors. There are no sanitary services. They either burn their trash or put in piles on the side of the roads. There's also no postal service or many other services and conveniences we are used to. Many roads are in bad shape from lack of maintenance. Some have still not recovered from the earthquake and hurricanes. I think they've had two or three hurricanes since the earthquake. 
Before the trip, we had several fundraising events to bring in support for the building project and food for the children. It didn't start out so well. We barely broke even in the first fundraiser, and that was only after a little help from this church. But once I left it in God's hands and focused on sharing what he is doing in Haiti, we ended up with more funds than ever before. And, and thank you to everyone who participated and donated and prayed. Couldn't have done it without you. <clears throat> Once everything was planned and flights were booked, we had another roadblock. The Haitian people were unhappy about some misuse of funds by their government. It was like $3.8 billion. So anti-corruption protests were planned for the time I was going to be there. So Sarah called us to postpone the trip until December when the unrest would die down. There would be a mission team going there as well. Kristen, one of our interns, was moving to Haiti and bringing a team to help her get settled and work with the school. So this is what occurred at the time I was supposed to be there. Schools, shops, and government offices closed. Not that. And the streets blocked by tires set on fire. For days, many people have been forced to stay at home here in Port-au-Prince as thousands of protesters demanded the resignation of President Javanel Moore. They accuse him of failing to rebuild the economy and deal with corruption. We demand that President Jovenel leaves because he's not doing anything in the country. If he does not leave power, we'll make him leave the palace by force. The violent demonstration started last weekend when members of the government were accused of misappropriating billions of dollars in funds meant for reconstruction following the earthquake in Haiti in 2010. That money allegedly included funds from a Venezuelan-sponsored oil program which should have been spent on social and economic projects. After days of silence, President Moore issued a statement urging Haitians to avoid anarchy. It took the president 72 hours to address the nation. The people don't believe him. The president has failed in his mission. But many Haitians say they are tired of continuous political unrest and frequent changes in leadership, and all they want is stability and a chance for their country to grow. Philip Oweira, TRT World. Well, I'm glad I didn't go then. (laughs) But God opened a window for me to be able to go on this trip. Since I came back, the civil unrest got much worse. The value of the Haitian dollar dropped. Prices have doubled and tripled. Roads were blocked. Schools and businesses, including the markets, have been closed. And there was violence and crime in the streets. Most of the embassies have closed and evacuations of foreign citizens have taken place. Sarah and Kristen had to come back to the U.S. while they could still get out and had to have a police escort to get to the airport safely. Things have died down now and Sarah and Kristen will be going back to Haiti next week. 
Eve stayed behind to make sure the mission was still running smoothly and the kids are taken care of. The Haitian workers are still coming in. Some of them walk miles to get to the children's home to take care of the kids. But due to road closures, the school is temporarily closed until it is safe. During this time, many people have contributed so that the mission and workers had plenty of water, food, and supplies. God always provides, even through the hardest of times. Sarah and Eve have a mission to love children and rescue them from bad situations. While I was there this year, they received news that a couple was going to end the life of their newborn baby because he was born with no feet and was very sick. They decided to take him in and save his life. They named him Kevin. He has been in the hospital on oxygen and they hope to bring him home when his health improves. Now he will be growing up in a place where he will be wanted and loved and cared for. Please be in prayer for him and all the children. Many of the children, like Belanda, either have no living parents or the parents are unable to care for their children. Most come to the mission malnourished with nothing more than worn out and torn clothing on their back. Woodley and his sister, McCarolyn, were in a very bad situation. Their mom brought them to Sarah and Eve because she could not take care of them. Their dad had just died, and they lived under a holy leaky tarp. I had the pleasure of visiting with their mom a couple years ago, and she accepted Christ while I was there. Yeah, that was an awesome experience. McCarolyn was first in her class in school this year. Even Sarah started this mission. They are awesome people with a great love for the kids and for God. They are raising the kids to know Jesus Christ and be prepared to live out in the world. Not only do they give them an education and teach them the scriptures, but will also give them training for skills such as growing food, raising chickens, cooking, construction, plumbing, and sewing. If a child has an interest for a vocation, they will do everything they can to make it happen. When I go on these mission trips, I just do what I can to help and try to allow God to work through me. I want to be a part of the mission and experience God work through me, in me, and around me, and always to show love and to pray. Pray for the children, pray for the missionaries and the mission, and let God do the rest. And these are the children. This is McCarolyn and Woodley that we mentioned earlier in Belanda. Wilson's one of the smaller ones, and Billy's a comedian. Belinda and Regina, Love, and Dajna are all siblings. 
fact, uh, some people in our church sponsor two of them. T-Rose is the oldest. She's 16 right now. And Jamet's the oldest uh, boy. Well, Dyson and his sister Juju are new to the mission this year. Both their parents had recently died, and they were living with their grandmother under some tarps and sleeping on a sheet on the ground. Their grandmother was unable to care for them, so she brought them to the mission. They had just finished building the girls' house and had an extra bed in the boys' room, so God's timing opened the door for these two children to have a loving home. They also took in a wonderful lady, Denise, and her daughter, Anna. Denise is in charge of all the martans, they call them, or ants, who watch over the children, teach them about Jesus, clean and cook for them. Sarah and Eve now employ 24 people full-time, including these women, security guards, teachers, and the school director. Sarah and Eve also have two children of their own. The most enjoyable part of the mission trips is spending time and playing with the children. We also take lots of pictures. The kids loved getting their picture taken. They often wanted to take pictures themselves. When they do, that usually meant lots of editing and deleting, but I also always get some good ones. That is usually the only way I get photos of me to prove I was actually there. (laughs) I have lots of pictures of the kids, as you can see. They love having me spin them around and around, again and again. They all get excited and want to be next in line. After a few times, though, I get very dizzy and have to, have to sit down and take a break, though they, they aren't ready to quit. Good thing the older kids don't ask to be spun around. I need to work out more. <laughs> And more pictures of the kids. They also loved getting treats. They especially loved the Tootsie Pops and the Reese's Pieces. Some of the adults did too. One of their dogs had puppies a week before I arrived. Their eyes weren't even open yet. Notice a lot of pictures we like hanging out in the Vancy. I brought a t-ball set so we could play baseball together. We hit the ball around a few times, but most of the time they used the ball to play soccer in the house. That was fun too. <laughs> Don't do this at home. Yeah, a lot of time is just spending out hanging with the kids and just showing them love. The kids like to braid hair of anyone that comes. Every year, Iswaman always tries to braid my hair, but not very successfully. (laughs) 
But she enjoys it anyway. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to get a ponytail next time. <laughs> this year they are raising chickens. Sarah was saying one of them had ear infection. I don't know how they could tell, but they gave her coffee so that to take care of the ear infection. I found out Sarah had taught them how to play duck, duck, goose, but she couldn't remember the Creole words for it. So she made it shot, shot, chin, which means cat, cat, dog. (laughs) I learned getting older, I have a hard time getting up to run around the circle and chase them. (laughs) Often the kids like to help out in the kitchen. All the kids do various chores around the the house. And everyone loves bubbles. I always try to bring bubbles down every time I can as long as my weight limits don't go over. T Rose wants to do nails and hair when she grows moves away, so Sarah and Eve are working on providing a place for her to live and a property that she can use for her trade after she turns 18. They also invite them to come work at the mission if they wish. Juju is one of the new children this year. She is a lovable, sassy little girl. Sarah says she is five going on 15. Hanging out some more. Whitland is wearing a dress that we provided a couple years ago. One year we brought two full suitcases of clothes. That was pretty neat to be able to hand out. And here we're just hanging out before Bible study. They have a Sunday night and a Wednesday night study. Every night before dinner, they have worship time. They sing songs, pray, read, and recite scripture, and learn about God. During prayer time, each child will pray their own prayer aloud. It is wonderful to see the passion and sincerity in their prayers and in their faces. And it's amazing little Juju and Woodley, who is usually always so quiet, they pray the loudest out of any of them. <laughs> I usually take time during prayer to just pray for each of the kids in the mission and for the work God is doing there.
Until the church building is complete, they are meeting at the schoolhouse for Sunday service. They now have a pastor for their church, and his wife leads the worship music. They had 41 people in church with about 25 children. What a blessing. Could you imagine having 25 kids in our church each Sunday? I bet Edie would love that. <laughs> they are hoping that uh, the, the parents from the school will also start to come. During the service, the kids will get up and read some scripture or sing a song for us. She had to get out of there quick. <laughs> the foundation of their church is already established. Christ is the foundation. In Ephesians, it says, Now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building, being fitted together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. This year, with the money that was raised, we were able to lay the foundation of the church building. Before breaking ground, the pastor came over, and we all prayed over the ground and the, and the building and the church. Eve gave me a break and had the workers dig the trench before pouring the concrete. It allowed me time to ease into it and hang with the children after being in the airplane all day and sleeping in the airport with not a lot of sleep. He also had some plumbing projects he, he needed help with. As we were laying the foundation for the church building, several scriptures came to mind throughout our work. I often thought about how Christ was the foundation. He is the cornerstone of the church. As he said to Peter, on this rock I will build my church. I also thought about the parable of the sower and the soils. The message of the gospel reaches some who are like the rocky soil we were working in. Their roots are shallow, so it does not stay with them. Also, there was a time that I stepped in a thorn bush, and it wrapped around my ankle and stuck in me, and blood was running down my leg and stuff. Kind of hurt. <laughs> So the thorny soil represents those who have too much worries in this world and their focus is not on Christ. I could relate to all, all of these because at one time or another, I have been like these types of soil. I hope to be like the good soil. I hope we all can be. Also, as I tried to get those thorns off me, I thought of Paul and the thorn in his side where God reminded him that his grace is sufficient no matter what, whether we have a thorn digging into our skin 
or we are working with the sun beating down on us, or we are just stepping out of our comfort zone. Making the concrete is a process different from how we do things in the U.S. First, they mix the cement and the gravel by hand with a shovel. Then they add water, which they have to take it from a long ways away too. Then thoroughly mix the cement and gravel and water. Buckets are filled with cement to pour into the trench. Then we carry the buckets around the trench and pour it in. Rebar is put in for more support. We then add rocks and concrete and continue to fill until it is full up to the plumb line. We had a good day's work. We ended up finishing the foundation in, in only two days. It was <clears throat> the next mission team arrived after I left and started building the wall and laying the, the floor. The money I brought paid for six laborers, rebar, cement, gravel, and rocks. Yeah. And there's more. (laughs) And then we ministered to the community. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. One of the most rewarding part of the mission trip is when we go up the mountain to feed one of the poorer communities in the area. Much preparation goes into cooking the food for all the children. We often feed about 100 kids. The contributions I received also paid for the the food to feed these kids. The children also enjoy helping and preparing. It is a windy road up the mountain with dump trucks and other vehicles trying to pass each other, even on the curves. We crammed about 14 people with the rice and beans, chicken, sauce, and drinks in the SUV and headed up the mountain. On our way, Eve put on a radio station and played some Christmas music. They were kind of laughing because at one time they played Feliz Navidad, so we're like, we're playing Christmas music, Mexican Christmas music in Haiti. This is the road to our destination. Once we arrived, we went around to the homes in the neighborhood to invite people to come and eat. The children started coming in, and we began introducing ourselves and playing some games. Moi rele Dave. I learned learned some. Creole, but not very much. This is one of the poorest communities in the area. You can see the discoloration of the hair of some of the kids, which indicates malnutrition. 
They loved having their picture taken and seeing their photo in the camera. That's Kristen who um, moved there. Sarah would also start a couple games, then give them a gospel message and pray for the food. And this is one of the games we played. If anyone wants to join in, go ahead. started serving the food, starting with the smallest children. I don't know where their parents was. It's just like the kids came out of the woodwork. Some of the kids were too small to feed themselves, so so we would have to hand feed them. I was feeding the cutest little girl. I gave her a chicken leg, and she would not let it go. This may be the only meal some of the kids have, have had all week. Some of them took what was left over home and probably shared with their families. What a blessing to do just a little to help the families and put a smile on the kids' faces. And ours too. School is now in session. It was great to be able to see the school be built from the start. In 2015, they rented a property until the mission house was completed on on the new property. They didn't have much room to work with. We put up a couple walls, some chalkboards, and a roof. In 2016, the first building was started and we put up the roof. 
While we were building, the kids had school on the porch of the mission house and under a carport with two teachers. We, we enjoyed hearing the kids singing and playing while we were working. The first classroom completed. In 2017, the second building was built. We put up the pillars, doors, and roof and painted all the walls. even though my wife says I can't paint. (laughs) They wouldn't believe that there, though. Now the school is complete. I was able to see the the work we had done being used by God to bring kids in from the, the surrounding community. Through sponsorships, including two from our church, the kids are getting free education and they learn about Christ. And now they have over 100 kids. I think they have 108 kids. Each morning they start their day by raising their flag, praying and singing their national anthem. They now have six grades and eight classrooms with teachers that enjoy teaching the kids and the principal's office. I felt honored when I went into the principal's office. He had a framed picture of me and the kids. They also had a parent-teacher meeting to introduce the school staff to the, the parents and children. The kids always pray before meals. With the sponsorships for all the kids... Each child is provided a meal every day, perhaps the only meal they may get. They not only get an education, but they learn the gospel and get food in their belly. Recess was a time we could hang out with with the school kids and watch them play games when I wasn't with the construction crew. I think that's London Bridges there. While we were there, they they were taking their final exams. We hung out with the kids while some finished their exams and got their school photos taken. The living water kids are enjoying school too. And the older girls like to have fun. (laughs) After the exams were complete, we had a Christmas party for all the kids. We put up balloons and streamers, We had hot dogs and cake and gave out presents and candy canes. They also had music to dance to and, of course, bubbles. And the the food that we provided was also from, from the fundraising that we did here.
And everybody loves bubbles. <laughs> And from all the kids, they say thank you. So thank you for all your prayers and support. And if anyone has questions, they could ask me now or... We'd like to see you downstairs with our usual fellowship, and you can ask me then.